Hi, I'm Nina Bosky, and welcome to Life Bites, where each and every week we'll get you inspired in the areas of life, business, and media. We'll help you dare, dream, do, and be so you can get out of your head into your soul in order to tune in and take a bite. This week, we are getting you business inspired. Well, today we are talking business and business inspired. And when most people think of business, they don't necessarily think of love in the equation. Well, today we're going to hear from Mr. Steve Farber, and he's going to tell us, why is love just damn good business? All right, Mr. Farber, you got to fill us in on this one. Why is love just damn good business? Sure. Um, well, I'll, I'll uh, summarize it in, in a nutshell, which is what a nutshell is. It's a summary, isn't it? <laughs> so and this is not about love as a, as a sentimental, warm, fuzzy feeling. It's a practice and a discipline. So from a business perspective, let's start with uh, the, the critical element for any business, which is the customer, customer yep. or client. Customers, I'll use that as the generic term. If your customers don't love what you do for them, uh, you're going to struggle. So let's start with that. We want our customers to love what we do for them. Back it up one more step. The only way to create an experience that our customers are going to love in a meaningful and sustainable way over time is to create an environment or a culture that people love working in. If I don't love working here, I can't transfer that feeling, that experience of love to my clients. And the only way to create a culture like that or to contribute to a culture like that as a leader is if I love it myself first. So it all gets very personal very quickly. We want, our, we want our customers to love us. So we have to create an environment that people love working in, which means that I have to love it and them and myself first. So he, I love what you're saying. And in practicality, sometimes that gets missed. So the concept of love, even if people say, yeah, I am going to buy off on this concept. And I think you're right on Steve Farber. But implementing that becomes a bigger challenge. Tell us how you implement that in organizations and also any leaders or executives that may be listening today. Yeah, sure. And you're right. It's not about love as a concept. It's about love as a practice. So, so the way to start is to, first of all, understand that there is no one formulaic answer to that question because it takes many forms, but it all starts with this, asking this question, what should love look like in the way that we do business? So in other words, um, what do I need to do differently in order to ensure that our customers love us? Or another way of asking the question is, um, how can I better show my customers that we love them? Because it tends to be a reciprocal sort of a thing. So if you can imagine that, just, just really on that really simple level, if you, if you brought your team together and you asked the question that, you know, we ask all the time, or we should be asking all the time, which would be something like, um, well, uh, what, let's brainstorm a little bit on how we can improve our service to our customers. Great question, and you'll get some good answers. But if you ask the question differently, if you ask the question as, what can we do to better create an experience that our customers will love, not improve service, but what will they love, 
you get a different quality answer because you've just raised the bar and you've you've uh, encouraged people to stretch beyond what the norms are. So it's asking that question about every aspect of our business. What do we need to do to create an environment that our people will love working in? What would that look like in terms of our systems, our policies, our procedures, our hiring practices, the way we onboard people, uh, our comp and benefits? I mean, it it goes into every aspect of the business if we're willing to do the work and to apply that standard to ourselves. And, you know, that's the kind of work that my team and I do, because you're right, it's not easy. Now, it's a big it's a big uh, leap to go from, yeah, this love thing is a good idea to what do we have to do differently in our business? That's where the resistance tends to come in because and, we, you know, we like the status quo. Let's be honest. Well, and I think we like to be in our comfort zones. And I think sure. the one thing that this pandemic has taught all of us is that we can no longer be in our comfort zones. And the also the challenge that I'm seeing out in the, you know, kind of business world, corporate America, is we're operating on such a level of intensity that we ourselves can't even keep up. Businesses can't keep up. So the amount of oh, I just got to get it done and off my plate. I don't care how I do it or how I communicate it because there's only so much time in the day. And so something's got to give. And guess what's going to give is your relationship to what you say you want to improve, sure. which is the, let's say the customer experience and creating that uh, energetic intention. Because Steve, do you find this? Cause you said, Hey, this is difficult. My team and I do this and it's, it's not always so easy to implement. It sounds good in theory. Oh yeah. Let's bring more love into the workplace. Right. But when you go and you try to affect change, sometimes you get into the process and systems and the new upgrades, and this is how we're going to do it. But we forget that connection, which can translate to the experience of love in the workplace, the way you define it. So how does one do that given all this that's coming at all of us each and every day? So, yeah, it's a great question um, because what, what people will infer naturally is, oh, this is, this is a lot more work and I already have a lot of shit to do. So now you're adding more to the play. Now you're adding this love thing to the play. <laughs> Um, so let's acknowledge that that anything worth doing takes a little bit more work, but ultimately it's not about doing more stuff. It's about doing what you do uh, from with a different emphasis, from a different place that will ultimately lead to uh, a, a better, more efficient, more productive working environment, which translates into I don't I'm not doing a bunch of stuff just to keep up. Yeah. Uh, so we got we have to start somewhere, but I also think it's really interesting that the only place that this seems to be an issue is in the context of work. Uh, we don't challenge the idea in the concept of, say, a marriage or a personal relationship. It's like, yeah, I got to love you more. I don't have time for that. I've already got too many things to do. I got to take the kids to school. I've got to, I get I've, you know, all the things that we have to do is in, in a domestic life. I don't have time for that love stuff. Now, the reality is if that it does take mind. work and it does take more time, but we don't question the value of doing it. Instead, we kind of berate ourselves for not doing it until the point where we, we make some adjustments. 
And then the relationship changes and there's more joy and there's more happiness. And we're glad that we did the extra work. But you put it in a business context, like, nah, that, that, <laughs> that's not that's you, not for me. You know, yes, Steve, it is. It know, is for you. Steve, I remember talking to a, a sales general manager and he said to me, Nina, I don't need any of this mojo stuff. I just, you know, I need my salespeople to get out there and sell. It's called a paycheck. And the way that we're living today is even if you said that's going to motivate me, it only motivates you to some degree, a sense of purpose, a sense of passion, a sense of, you know, creating a, let's say it's a customer experience. You've got to bring in not just what you do, but how you feel about what you do, because that to me, you know, I could be doing one of the most relaxing things. And if I feel stressed how I feel about getting a massage at that moment, it might physically make my body stress. But if my mind is still going and my stress level anxiety is at an all time high, that's going to be a really hard thing for me to go. Oh yeah, I love that. And I, I, the reason why I love your book and I love the concept of the book is because the intensity in which technology is surpassing our humanness, you bringing it back to its core for particularly for people that are in the service business, you need to have that love because people are going to know the difference between you're just giving me a line and you're showing up because you at least appear like you care. And that yeah. in terms of that concept, what do you say to that? Too? Well, there's a lot in there in what you yeah. just said, Nina. So first of all, um, there, this, that resistance that, that this person you were talking about has about, well, I don't need that mojo stuff. We just got to sell it's it reveals kind of an underlying um, uh, assumption that we all make is that this is an either or proposition. So if people ask me, what's more important? Is love more important or is productivity more? Or, you know, is love more important or is you know sales drive more important? Is love more important or are the numbers more important? And the answer is yes. <laughs> Both of them it, are. <laughs> this is not this is not <laughs> making a choice between the two. The the theory here is by focusing on both in other words including love in that scenario you're going to get better numbers this isn't an altruistic kind of a discussion this isn't about love for love's sake although you know i don't have a problem with that either but in the context of business it's about that as a driver to all the things that we measure anyway so keep measuring what you measure now the other and and see if it improves by adding this love uh, dynamic in it now, the other, the other um, aspect about what's happening internally, how I feel, uh, of course, also uh, both and. and. And the technology that we're engaged in, yes, it, if we're not careful, it can separate us. And this has been happening for a long time. This is not simply a, a result of the latest technology. When email first started being used, and we started e emailing people sitting in the next office or in the next cubicle. We saw way back then, whatever that was, early 90s, late 80s, whatever, already the technology was starting to separate us because I used to just pop my, you know, pop over into the office of the other person and talk versus, you know, typing something out. So the irony of what's happened in the pandemic, I think, is that because we were we were separated and many people were literally isolated and we had to start 
connecting with each other on Zoom or something similar. We use the technology to bring us together. And the irony is that it actually created closer relationships for a lot of people. I've heard lots of people tell me that, you know, in, in one form or another, that they actually got to know people they've worked with for years better because now they were sitting in each other's living room and it was like, oh, oh, I didn't know you play guitar. You see a guitar in the background. I didn't know you have a dog. I didn't know you were married. I mean, it's, you know, who is that that just walked by in their underwear? You know, it, it's, it, it's, it's lovely because this is, so we started to hear the words now more than ever, right? Now more than ever, connection is important. Now more than ever, relationship is important. Now more than ever, love is important. And, and when I first started hearing people using that in the beginning of the pandemic, I would, my first response was, that's always been true. <laughs> it's not suddenly true now where it wasn't before. But what happened was, again, the irony is the separation made us realize how, how important it is for us to be connected with each other. And love, of course, is, is the greatest connector. So if I can find something in my colleagues, in my team, people that I wouldn't necessarily choose to hang out with on the weekend. But if I can find something in them, maybe it's a common experience, maybe it's a common aspiration or a, or a set of values that we both appreciate. If I can find something in them that I love, it's gonna change the dynamics of the working relationship as well. It really will. And I, I, I think that the timing, even though your book came out you know, pre-pandemic, I think the timing of it now is really kind of moving into its kind of grown-up stage of, of people really, really grasping the concept and the need for it. So let's say there is a business owner, an executive, a leader in an organization right now, either listening or watching to the, watching this right now. What would you say to him or her Okay, I, I, you're, I'm following you, Steve. I really love this concept, but how do I take it from concept to reality besides reading your book and hiring you? Right. Yeah. <laughs> so that's key. But but let's also just give them maybe two to three practical tips they can do to at least you know start to implement a change in their own organization. Sure. And let me just say one thing um, before I before I give those you know, just a couple of uh, pointers. Um, Right. Hiring me, reading my books is not a prerequisite for any of this. And I'll tell you, I'll tell you why. I didn't make any of this stuff up. This is all based on observation. I've been doing this work in some form or another for 30 years. I've had the opportunity to work with just about every kind of organization you can imagine in virtually every industry. And, and what became really, really clear more and more over more and more years and ultimately decades is that the, the people who got great work done, uh, who, who enjoyed their experience of, of creating great companies were the ones who it all came down to love for them and putting it into practice. So, so the, these, these books and our approach is, is taking, taking all of this learning and helping people to apply it to themselves. So all of that means you don't need me, you don't need the books to do this. It couldn't hurt, <laughs> but you don't need it. What it starts with, so here's tip number one, very simple stuff. The first thing is it's introspective. Just ask yourself, what do I love about 
and you pick the context, the work that I'm doing, the team that I'm on, the mission that we stand for, the product or service that we provide. What do I love about it? Because, and, and to, be, to be clear, sometimes that question is not very easy to answer. What do I love about this work? Well, nothing. <laughs> I don't. Why, or, or another variation of the theme is why do I love this business, let's say. Yeah. Why do I love this business? I don't. And, and, and in fact, uh, really all I want to do is go back to bed when I think about that question. Or, or clock in for a paycheck, which doesn't <clears throat> lend itself to that love concept either. Right. And listen, there's nothing wrong with working, working for money. Money is an important part of this equation. But, but to, to work for money devoid of any uh, kind of you know, emotional, positive emotional connection to our work is not an ideal state for anybody. It's possible you could do it and you can make money, but if if we if we want to live an enriched life in all spheres and all the roles that we play, it starts with the simple question: What do I love about it? So what I'm asking you to do is find something, and again, it could be it could be any element of it. It could be it could be the values that you stand for or the impact that you're making on the world through your product or service, whatever it is. So what do I love about this? And then Part two in that is how do I show it, mm. right? So let's, let's uh, focus in on one context. What do I love about my team and how do I show them? Because frankly, if you feel that, if you feel like, yeah, I really do love my team. They're amazing people and all. And, and frankly, if I'm on your team and you feel that way about me, you're feeling that way. It doesn't do me any good unless I see evidence <laughs> that you feel that way, which is through your action and your behavior and, and all that. So again, it comes back to kind of brainstorming. I'm not giving you a list of 100 things to do. Mm -hmm. It's starting with that question. You can answer that question. How, how can I better show them? Uh, so that's part one and part two. What do I love about this? How do I show it? And then, and then, the, um, then the, the next place to go with that, which you could do, you could do tomorrow is is a question that I already posed to you. Um, and the scenario is you bring your key people together. So if you're the CEO of a company, bring your C-suite together. I mean, wh wherever it is, if you're running a project, bring your project team together. If you're a part of a team, it doesn't mean you can't bring your team together. You can be a leader without having a title, right? Yep. So bring people together and ask that question. What can we do? Let's brainstorm a little bit on how we can create an experience that our end user is going to love and just love. see where that takes you. You know, I love the simplicity of these three steps, not even in those three steps, you're asking people to think more deeply. And I think in today's day and age, particularly, we're just trying to get things out. We're not really thinking through. We become more robotic. And I love you're disrupting that to some degree to go, wow, what do I love? It it, uh, it forces me to use another part of my brain yes. as well. And I think that's powerful. Well, it gets back to what you said a little bit ago. We're already pretty much overloaded. Um, and so I, I learned this uh, literally decades ago where, you know, if I, if I was going in to teach a, a workshop, let's say, to a company, the question that I was always asked and that everybody who does this kind of work is still asked to this day, which is, what are the takeaways? Be? <laughs> yes. What are the takeaways? So the way I used to interpret takeaway is give me the list of 100 things that I could do to be a better leader. 
and we'd provide that list. And what would happen? People would look at that list and they go, I don't have time for this. <laughs> right? Who does? So, right? so yeah. yeah, I got a takeaway, but I'm not taking it anywhere. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So from my, the, my, my permanent file drawer. <laughs> so the other the other extreme is is I'm going to give you nothing. I'm just going to give you just a, a hyped up. By golly, you could do it. Climb that mountain. Never, ever, 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 ever quit. You know, all that motivational speaker crap. Uh, I could do all that, which is getting you excited, but not giving you anything tangible to put your hands on. So that's why I landed on the questions. And you're right. The questions force thought and introspection and dialogue and conversation. And, and that's the way we, we, we get the things done that we want to do. Because frankly, if you come up with the ideas, you're much more likely to implement them than if I just gave you a prescription to follow. Yeah, because you're emotionally involved in it. And that's what you're really talking about is the emotionally involved component. If we become robotic and too technology oriented of, you know, product in, product out, product in, product out, I start to lose that sense of that essence in the heart of a, of a company or a team or, or just my own experience, let alone the customer service uh, element, which brings a whole other level of experience. I, that's why I'm, I'm so um, supportive of your work in the world. Thank you. Uh, you know how I feel about you. You are a, a pro inside and out, but also you live and breathe this stuff. And I'm just excited to have you uh, on the, on uh, business inspired this week. The question I always like to ask people at the end is what is your favorite quote and why? Well, first of all, thank you for those kind words, Nina. I appreciate that. Um, my, one of my all-time favorite quotes comes from my, uh, my mentor, one of my mentors, the late, great Terry Pierce, who was one of the finest executive coaches on the planet uh, in his time on this planet. <clears throat> and he, here's, here's, uh, here's what he said in describing what happens for a lot of his clients when the idea of leadership smacks up against the reality of leadership. And they begin to think about what the implications are personally. Here's what he said. There are many people who think they want to be matadors only to find themselves in the ring with 2,000 pounds of bull bearing down on them and then discover that what they really wanted was to wear tight pants and hear the crowd roar. <laughs> so, so the lesson to that is? The lesson, of course, is uh, this is not about the status and the applause. Uh, we put ourselves at risk in order to accomplish something. And a lot of times people pursue leadership because they get to dress up as a leader and be in the arena, and that's all ego-driven. But once you get in that arena and you're facing down 2,000 pounds of literal or figurative bull, that's when you begin to realize that this is, this is not about status or, or applause. It's about, it's a personal risk, which we must do in order to accomplish something extraordinary. We, we have to take a risk. So it's not about it. saying the right things, dressing up in the right clothes. It's about doing the work. Love it. That true grit that we all need, whether we're starting a company, leading a team, you know, whatever it is in life, you've got to be able to roll up your sleeves and get in, in the ring, so to speak. So thank you so much, Steve Farber, for being on the show today. His book, Love is Damn Good Business. Love is just. Just damn, damn good, good business. business. Just Very important word. Damn, yeah. Just <laughs> damn good business. Get it right, Nina. Okay. So just... Take these three concepts and start there. 
and it'll start you on your journey with creating more love in your life and in your business.